This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Fi podcast. I am Carl Jensen with... I'm Doug Cunnington. And Doug, today we're going to talk about jobs. But before we do that, I have a couple of gifts for you that I kept forgetting to bring over. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, there is a gift bag. And I didn't have any of that fancy crochet paper. So I just put toilet paper and napkins in there. <laughs> unused, unused new napkins that were laying around in the car. And, uh, and toilet paper. You know, sometimes you put the... Uh, crochet, whatever that paper is. Yeah, tissue paper. Yeah, tissue paper. So I have to explain what these things are. The first one is Doug and I are going to start having t-shirts. We're going to give them to guests on the podcast. And I, this is a sample product. And this one is actually a hoodie that just showed up the other day from Printify. It's not going to be as fancy as your Melanzana ones, um, but at least you could wear it for the podcast. And I guess if you wore that, we would be matching. So we'll have to be careful not nice. to wear them on the same day. So let me know what you, <laughs> what you think Very of that. Cool. This looks good. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for bringing it over. Yeah. The second gift was inspired by a recent conversation where you said that you were taking dance lessons. Is that correct? Not not yet, but it, it will be it will be happening. Okay. And this is also so half for your dance lessons. Half for our studio. This is a mirror ball or disco ball. I figured we could hang it up back here and uh, add a little bit more flair to our studio. And, I like it. Yeah, and you and Elizabeth could dance under there to a slow song. We'll get a light and we'll have all the shine it on there, and then all the things will be sparkling off the walls. It'll be a magical moment. This is great. Thanks very much. Sure. And th- I, I'll probably reuse this bag. You know, we're pretty frugal around here, and I'll definitely use that toilet paper. Yeah, don't don't let that go to waste. So today we are talking about jobs, and I thought of this uh, sort of related to one of our previous episodes, like if Carl and I could actually work again. It sounds like we're generally uh, bad employees, at least we would be nowadays. And I was thinking about how we might describe a good job, and we're going to frame it in this way. Our early career, like maybe if we were 20 and we were giving advice to our 20 year old self or something like that, how we might guide our ourselves if we were talking to ourselves. And then maybe what a good job might look like now. And we could frame this in in a few different ways, but that's sort of the, the starting point of this conversation. So Carl, I want you to tell me what you were like, when say you were like a junior in high school, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you feel pressure from family or socially to go to college, to go to a specific college, to do anything uh, specific? So no one in my family had ever gone to college. So my mom would always say to me, you're going to go to college and we're going to find a way to pay for you, which was great. I appreciated that knowing that I would be able to go to college and get a good job. But I had the very wrong idea about jobs. 
I remember thinking about it, and all I wanted to do back then was not have a desk job. My thought was, I, I want to be outside. I don't want to be working behind a desk. And I think that was kind of misguided. And there's another word I'm looking for that I can't think of. But it was the wrong advice because my life turned out the exact opposite. And I was, and I'm happy it did because I really loved my job. How, how about you, Doug? I didn't feel uh, pressure specifically that I, that I recall back then. I now looking back can see that I felt like social pressure to go to college. And I was pretty good at math and science. So I ended up with a engineering degree. And I, I like computers too. So they were like, computer engineering, do that. And I, you know, you're 16 or 18, you don't know what the fuck's going on, right? So I'm like, oh, that seems like a pretty good idea. Everyone seems happy that I'm good at math and science. Uh, engineering seems good. I'm from the Atlanta area. So Georgia Tech is a good engineering school. And I could, you know, get scholarships and go to that school fa fairly easily. And that's what I did just sort of complacently went went into it. As far as, uh, you know, my, my parents, I don't think they really put any pressure on me at all. I was more, uh, I put the pressure on myself, I guess, to do well academically and just try really hard and try to get into the school and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think they would have been happy, like whatever, whatever I would have done. Were you happy with how it turned out? Would you do anything different? I think, yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about some questions like this and I like where I'm at right now, talking to you right now. <laughs> So, it, you know, if you change anything in the past, it would be completely different. But, you know, looking back, um, I had a nice lawn care business uh, starting when I was like 12 years old. And I think if I just would have done that for a few more years, I probably would have like a lot more money. Money is not the answer to everything, but it would have been working outside, was making my own schedule. Like I could have hired a couple people to do some of the actual work and then grown a really nice like landscaping business in the area. Maybe some business classes could have been helpful, but I mean, you can't replace like, you know, real life experience, running a business, getting customers, like learning things the hard way in some cases. So we could probably still do that. Summer is coming, and I guess in the winter we could do snow removal. So there's something for us to do every season. We could rake leaves in the fall. I think uh, if you still wanted to go back to that, we could give it a shot. And I, I have mentioned it before when I was starting my business, and you know I didn't have a W two project management job. I would tell Elizabeth, you know what, I can go out there and earn money. Like if. If you have a, you know, a shovel and you need me to move some dirt, like I, I can do stuff. So yeah, maybe if, if things kind of go sideways with the podcast, <laughs> we could go do some physical labor. I mean, it's hard to get people to show up to do anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. We could have our shirts off and be getting tans and melanoma and it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything we need. <laughs> so, and I can't remember, uh, Carl, did you, so you, you studied pharmacy, right? And then did, did you get a, a advanced degree? Like, did you go all the way through or did you stop before that? Um, so as an undergraduate, I studied biology and chemistry because I had no idea what else to do. So I always liked science and math. So I figured, ah, I like that. I'll study it. And then you 
graduate and you realize that you can't do anything with that except go on for more school. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I'm like, ah, pharmacy sounds good. I went to a doctor of pharmacy program called the PharmD. And then I realized about halfway through that that job would, was really not for me, that I would absolutely hate it. So thankfully, I discovered computers and transitioned over to that. Y2K was about to happen, so there was a desperate need for people to remediate all of that code. So I was able to kind of weasel my way backdoor, there's that phrase again, backdoor my way into something unexpected, but it, it, it was for the best. Gotcha. Was it hard to pull the trigger and drop out of the program? Um, thinking back, I was, I'm kind of surprised by how easy it was. My family and girlfriend who I think probably left me because of this decision all thought I was a bit insane. Like, yeah, you're doing good in school. I got A's. I like the, I like the school. It's just being a pharmacist, counting pills and fighting with insurance companies, which is what a lot of pharmacists do was not for me. So they thought I was crazy, but I knew I'd be unhappy. And I, I had a sense that computers would make me happy. So it, it wasn't hard at all. Although maybe my ignorance, uh, ignorance was bliss. I didn't consider all the money and loans I had already racked up. So good thing I didn't think about that or else maybe I would not have done it and my life would have been less happy. Right. So I think the way we should frame this is instead of giving ourselves like, um, like specific advice on what to do different. Cause we like where we're sitting right now. Let's think about like our nieces and nephews, like how we might guide a young, a young person, which I got to be honest, maybe we shouldn't be guiding young people uh, in general. You know what? You have kids. So Carl, you should do that. I should, not. I don't know what I'm talking about, but let's imagine that we're giving advice to our nieces and nephews, which I have a couple nieces. I have a niece and a nephew who are starting school next year. And I maybe would give them some advice on like what to look for, for a good job or things that make me happy. So that's kind of the idea, kind of a loose format. So if you were giving a, a young person advice about like jobs or careers and things that you have observed, and, and maybe imagine it's someone who's kind of similar to you. So the advice like kind of works. Uh, so not like a, a dancer for example, like someone with a similar background as you. I had a dancing career, Doug, that I never told you about, <laughs> but we'll talk about that on a future episode. Yeah. So I have a story about this. My maternal grandmother lived near me when I was a kid and she was kind of a cranky person who would always dish out advice and scowl at you at the same time. She would say, save money, save your money. And, but one other thing she said was study computers. And I kind of dismissed it at the time, like computers, and back then, computers were an obscure thing. In elementary school, I remember our school had one computer. So like for two weeks out of the year, the computer would make an appearance in your classroom. And then every kid got one hour to play the Oregon Trail. And up till, I can't remember junior high, I think we had a computer lab there, but that was my only experience with computers. So my grandmother would say this. I'm like, I don't know what the fucking computer is. Like, And I kind of dismissed it, but... Back to your original question, her advice was dead on because I would tell any kid to study computers. And I remember back then there was probably a little bit of stigma like, oh, you're going to be a computer nerd. And I remember one friend's sister actually said that to me after I got my job. Oh, you're a computer nerd. Well, I'm also making like 10 times what you are. Your, your life sucks and it's miserable. So screw off. But anyway, when people hear about computers, they might think 
if they still have that in their head, they shouldn't because there's so many different things you can do with it. And even I was a programmer and that's one small thing you can do. You can be a network admin, you could you could fix them, you can do hardware stuff, but even within programming, I remember each language kind of had its own different group of people. Like COBOL tend, tended to be like old white dudes, uh Java people were younger, kind of maybe more nerdier people, although I don't like the word. And then there was Rails, which were which was a lot more artistic people. I went to a Rails conference and there's all these people with, with tattoos and like pink hair and shit. I'm like, oh well, okay, this is how it is. So there's something for everyone with computers and uh, to build on this, I would tell any young person just to take one programming class to see if you might like it because th- there's artistry to it and it's a lot of fun to use your brain to figure out this puzzle to solve this problem. It's not all great, but I, I really enjoyed my my core work and I wish I would have done that earlier on instead of um, messing around learning the Krebs cycle, which biology people will know, or uh, – Aromatic compounds, which organic chemistry people will know, because I still remember all that, but it's pretty much completely useless in my day-to-day life. Very nice. I think the advice that I might give would be to take a gap year, maybe not immediately after high school, but somewhere take some time off and go travel or do something interesting on your own without structure. I didn't really do much of that. And I, eventually I, I did, and I'm going to tell you about probably the best job that I had aside from what I'm doing now, which is what I'm doing now is very free form and it's a, it's a blast. I really enjoy it, but I worked for minimum wage in the national park, Rocky Mountain national park. I won't go super deep into the story because I've told it before and I wasn't earning much, but it was a beautiful place. It was uh, the Alpine Visitor Center in the Rocky Mountain National Park. And I would drive up every day. And I I was one of the the van drivers. So I drove up every day. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, people travel from all over the world just to drive the same route that I did to go to work. That was my commute. And then you would spend several hours a day, like looking out the window and talking to other people on vacation. The other part is the people. The people were pretty cool. Um, I was, you know, trying to get away from some of the stuff at, at school, just get out of the the normal nerdy engineering scene and be around people that were into the outdoors. So all those people were also like trying to get away from something rarely did people come in a group. Usually it was like one person and we all got to bond and we lived in uh, what we called the compound. It was like an old motel and it was a blast. We'd, we'd go work, trivial, like a uh, dumb job. And then we'd come back down and party and play guitar and drink and have a good time on our days off. We'd go hike, climb mountains, do whatever. I mean, it was just so much fun and it was the lowest paid job I've ever had basically. And I mean, that's actually a decent job now. I mean, you could go and work in national parks and check people out uh, with as a cashier or something like that. So the gap year, I think is important. And, and the reason why I mentioned that is I went through engineering school and all that stuff. And then I was like, I got to get out of here. Th- these people, are, it's a little too much. So I sort of retreated. I finished school, 
But for two summers, I got out of town and went to the national park. So if you could do it over again, you would have taken a gap year between high school and college or sometime in between a college year or where would you have done that? Probably, yeah, I think it would have served me pretty good to do it right after high school and then potentially in the middle of college too. I'm not quite sure. And I mean, if I would have taken a gap year, there's a chance I would not have gone to college. <laughs> but, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. And, the, you know, the other part, and, and I'll, I've been basically shitting on like uh, the, the college and the consulting job. I learned very valuable things. Like I got my project management uh, certification and like understand how to uh, basically operate as a consultant, which gives you valuable skills to, uh, you know, analyze a, a company or a, a workflow or something like that. And then you can eliminate waste. You can make it more efficient, more effective, blah, blah, blah. Again, the bobs from office space, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. So Doug, were you a pimp? Isn't there a certification like PMP? That's what they call it at my, when I worked in corporate America, a pimp, like pro uh, project manager. Yeah. I, I don't know if the other I, I am a for. I am a PMP. Yeah. Project management professional. I've literally never heard anyone call it a pimp. Where, where did you work? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's crazy. I mean, I, I can see, you know, you don't have to make a leap uh, to, to get there, but yeah, literally I, I don't know how we missed it. Wow. I thought that's just what everyone called it. And I had more than one job where they called it that too. So you've been a pimp your whole half your life and you haven't even known it. I didn't even know it. I got, I got the hat and you know, people were like, why are you wearing that hat? And I'm like, oh, I just got my pimp certification. I didn't even know there was a professional organization for pimps. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a different kind of pimp. So, um, now, you know, I, I, we, we talked about advice to give uh, to, you know, a younger person. Anything else to add to that? Um, uh, yeah, a couple things, actually. I would say college isn't all it's cracked up to be. For example, I said study computers. Computers are probably the last thing you need to go to college to do. You could go to a coding boot camp for six months, and some of them even guarantee you a job at a certain salary if you can hack it. Like So they say if you make it through at this certain grade, we guarantee you a job, which is crazy. How many people will do that? But on top of all that, no matter what you do, I think you should try to do something that's in demand, put a little bit of thought to it. There's this romanticism, oh, I want to do what I love. Well, if you love, if doing what you love is going to cause you to have to work at Taco Bell to support that, it's probably not such a good idea. There has to be some Venn diagram overlap with your job and what, what you love. Those who are very fortunate can find a lot of overlap, which is what I did. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, and it has to be something you enjoy. You can't be miserable your whole life. I could think of jobs. I got pretty good grades. I was smart, but I could have done different things. If I would have done some of them, I don't think they would have made me happy. And just try to have not a tight relationship with your job. And I think, I know this is changing back when our parents had jobs. You work for 40 years, you would get your watch, you'd go to Florida and die. And now people will work and then take gap years after a couple of years of work or just do contract work and have the summers off to hike or have the winters off to be a snowboard in instructor. So I think fire is kind of a band-aid for the crazy old lives we used to work. So what I would suggest to people is who cares about fire? 
do what you love and do it now and find some way to reconcile that with your job. Yep. And I think, you know, people that we talk to that retire and identify too closely with their job as their identity, they spiral out of control a little bit and then end up in that depression area after retiring. And I think it's because they thought their problems were going to be solved by retiring and getting the financial stuff in place. But, and Carl, I'm paraphrasing your, your talk basically. So, I mean, it's not going to solve all the problems basically. Yeah. Work on your life now, no matter where you are. Don't, uh, don't wait for a fire or something else to solve your problems, but yeah, be loosely coupled with your job too. I would say it's good to be on friendly terms with all your coworkers, but don't make them your best friends and don't build your life around your job. And I, I'll, I'll, uh, argue with that one. I think it's probably okay to be best friends with people that you work with, but I, I mean, I can see the issue that you may run into if you're, if you identify too closely with the job, but I mean, I've had good friends that I've worked with and it was fine when we stopped working together. Also, I'll throw in, I worked at a consulting company, so it was project-based. So there was a good chance, like you're working on a project with someone for like six months and then, you know, you're going to move on. So maybe it's baked in. Like I, I knew that we were going to not work together forever. So one, one thing you mentioned, you were like, definitely study computers. And I would say, yeah, I, I would, I would do a lot of self-education like you talked about, but I would also go the counter direction, which we mentioned in the previous episode, like look at the skilled trades that are underserved right now. So electrician, plumbing, other skilled trades. I don't know. What are some others like in that area? Construction. Yeah, anything around that. You said plumbing, electricity, yeah, being a carpenter. Um, man, I thought a, a fun job would be to, to drive the garbage truck. Have you watched our garbage truck here in Longmont? I not, have. Not that this is a skilled trade, but they don't have to, like when I was a kid, the garbage man had to come out and throw the bags in there. I remember summer would be like 90 degrees and the guy would be covered in sweat, like swearing his ass off. But now they just pull up and this mechanical robotic arm comes and grabs the thing. But you could just be in there listening to podcasts. You could... Just have your best life in the cab of the truck while you're driving. Right. The, the arm's doing all the work. I wonder when they're going to have like a VR game. It's like, you're the trash man, and but really you're taking trash out for people. You're like driving the truck around and you just have a little uh, video game that you're playing, but you're really doing trash. Oh, man. And it could be a video game too. Like you're trying not to run over kids on big wheels and you see how many, <laughs> how many, how much, many pounds of trash you could do and old ladies would be out there like chasing with a broom and shit. Yeah. That's a trash man. The game. I wonder if anyone's done this. It could be, yeah, it could be fun. Um, and then just tie it back into the, the, uh, self-driving vehicles and then we'll be good to go. Yeah. So, all right. Well, any other thoughts on uh, how you might describe a, a good job? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think we've covered it. One thing that I'll mention is having autonomy with your time. That's one of the reasons why I like what I'm doing right now. Like I take on the projects I, I want so I can choose, but I also choose when I work basically or, and when I take time off. So if you could, you know, if you could find a job where you have a little bit more control over that, it'll make things so much better. I mean, I definitely hated having to go in 
uh, it sounds so entitled, but like to go in at a certain time. And I'm thinking back when, you know, I had to sit through like an hour and a half of traffic. So to get there at a certain time, it would mean maybe I had to leave at 6 a.m. And like, you're just wasting so much time on the road. So autonomy, hugely important. And any other, did, did you have much autonomy with your, with your gig? Um, it changed over time, but I remember my first job, they said, these are the core hours. You have to be here from 7.30 to 4.30 and you must take lunch between this time and you have like one 15 minute break. And that was a professional job and you had to wear a tie at least when I started. And I'm sitting in a cube, not talking to anyone for the whole day. I'm like, this is so stupid. And I, I think that's changed over time for me. And I think it's changing even more now. If there's any good thing about COVID, it's that a lot of employers have learned they can empower their employees. They've worked from home. They still have gotten the same amount of work done, if not more. And you could still be successful with a less hands-off, less micromanagey approach. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that covers it for today. Any, anything new going on at the 1500 Days blog these days? Ah, what have I done? We've got a guest post from Carla, which should be on by the time we publish this podcast. Uh, Carla runs our sister podcast. Um, you call it a sister. Uh, the sibling. We'll just say sibling. And remind, popcorn and pennies, pennies and popcorn. Pennies and popcorn. Pennies and popcorn. Okay. I always get those two confused. The The alliteration confuses me. I'm, I'm easily confused. My uh, favorite episode so far is the one that we were on, Fight Club. Yeah, that was a good one. Pretty good. So yeah, we'll, we'll link up to that. Y'all check it out if you have it. And if, if you're not on the email list, you can go to milehighfi.club and sign up for the email list. Actually, the, there will be a link wherever you're consuming this. So just check it out down there and uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in in person. So the virtual kind is pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week.